Andrew is the Aussie bloke living in the US. Heather is the American gal living in Australia. Together, they travel the world sharing strategies on how to put your business on autopilot. Doing business online is no longer about having a website. To get more clients and take care of the ones you have, you will need a map. They've got it. So sit back and relax and welcome aboard. This flight is bound to autopilot your business. On today's podcast, we're talking about our insider tips for the online tools that we use in our business. Make sure to grab our free business automation guide now and get access to other special bonuses. Head on over to aybpodcast.com. Hey, everybody. This is Andrew McCauley. Welcome to podcast number 79. Today, we're going to dig into some tools that we've been using recently or regularly, and we're going to give you some hacks, some inside tips, how we use the tools. Heather and I are going to both jump in and give you some uh, some ideas on what you could use these tools for as well. So, Heather Porter, welcome to today's podcast. Hey, Andrew, and hello, everybody. It's good to have you back. And um, gosh, Andrew and I were just sitting here prepping out sort of our insider tips and we've only come up with just a handful of the miraculously myriad of amazing tools that we're always using. So we were sort of saying, if you guys like this show, we might be doing some more of these with other tools and ongoing because there is so much cool little things that we've discovered that we want to share with you. Yes, 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 we do. We're always talking about different tools and how we use them. And, you know, it's funny that you and I may use the same tools, but we use them so differently you know, mm. often. So it's like sometimes, you know, we'll be talking and be like, oh, I'm using uh, Evernote for this. And you'd be like, oh, I use Evernote, but I've never used it for that or never done that with Evernote. So it's interesting to find out when you find people who use the same tools, how do they use those tools? Because it's always interesting to see what happens and what, what can be done with new tools and a different mindset, a different pair of goggles, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So um, should we get started with what we've discovered over the last week? Because I have one. Oh, you're a fine <laughs> chomping to the bit. Give it no, to us. Tell us what you've been, what, really, what did you discover? It's a great idea, actually. I really like this idea. So I, I always think that even though you go and show up as a mentor or an expert somewhere, you can always learn a lot from the people that are learning from you. And last week, weekend when I was doing some mentoring at a small business group, I was talking about, had a whole session on Google Hangouts and how you can use it to create not only great content in your business, like how we do for Make It Simple TV, but you can also use it to connect with your team. Um, lots of other things. It's essentially a free webinar tool Tool oh. where you, you know you use your, your webcam to connect. But here's what I loved. I thought this idea was really great. And so... The guy that was at my table, he's a web designer, and he said to me, you know what I'm going to use it for? And I said, what? Because I sort of tossed around the idea with him to use it for live office hours. And he said, I'm going to use it as a, as a touch point with my current clients to educate them along the process of working with me. So he said, so for example, I'm actually now, he's like, literally, he said, when I was listening to you, this is how I'm going to integrate it into my business. He said, part of signing on with him is that you get two Google Hangout sessions where he's going to actually pull up the web designer, the website that he's working on and share his screen because you can do that in Google Hangouts and point out certain things to keep them informed and educated along the way. So What's cool about that is because Google Hangouts, you can pop it on any web page of your choice. They don't even have to have a Google account to, to hang out. But he said that that right there is going to save him so much pain and time because now he has a free tool he can use to connect with his clients better. Mm, that's very, Good idea. very cool. Yeah. 
Good idea for anybody that's service-based business to connect so you don't have to go to meetings and all the time and you can connect via the video and show them things on your screen. You know, I, I did discover, this is, a, no, this is not what I discovered this week, but as an attachment to what you're just talking about, <laughs> I also heard that Google Plus, oh, sorry, Google this, this, uh, this week announced that uh, if you've got Google Apps for Business, so there's a lot of businesses out there who use Google Apps for Business, if you have a Google Apps for Business account, you don't have to have a G Plus or a, a uh, Google Plus account to actually partake in Hangouts anymore. Mm. Isn't that but, interesting? Yes, yes, yes. But that wasn't what I discovered for this episode this week. That just happened to be another discovery I discovered on <laughs> this week. But uh, so yeah, that's that's an interesting way to look at Hangouts, and I love that. And that's exactly what I was talking about at the front. You know, there's different ways to use tools out there, and that's right. Today's show is just about some how we use some of them. Yeah, so good idea for anybody that's looking at having more connectivity with their current clients. You can even do small little group sessions or little bonus sessions on, um, you know, how he was saying he was going to do for once they're done as a client, he's going to do ongoing little trainings on, you know, how to do SEO on your site or whatever. And, and mm. good little bonuses that you can do, not waste too much of your time. So very cool. But what about you? What have you learned? What I found out this week is Google, once again, Google, Google Maps are actually, um, they're rolling out an update to their Android version of Google Maps. And this is predominantly for people who ride bikes. Now, uh, if you're in a city where there's a lot of bike riding going on, it can be a pain in the backside if you've got a map and you think, oh yeah, I'm going to go down that, down that path there and suddenly find it's a really steep hill. So what they're doing is they're incorporating elevation information into cycling directions. So if you're a cyclist, it's going to uh, enable cyclists to basically have a quick overview of the elevation changes or su- uh, for the suggested routes. So it's going to say, you know, you're going up a hill, uh, you're going up a steep hill, then if you follow this route or if you go around this, down this route here, it's going to be a flat, nice, easy, gentle um, ride. So uh, I thought that's pretty interesting to start putting um, elevation into maps. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Sort of means the cyclists can sort of choose the flattest route for them or if they're a fitness freak they can f- choose the steepest one you know <laughs> so um so it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that that pans out and i wouldn't be surprised if they start putting that into a lot of maps and you can choose that with and especially hiking maps and that sort of thing too which it's really important for that's smart, actually. Yeah, the mm. whole – because in Australia, there's lots of bushwalking, and I was sort of looking at how do you find out, you know, where to choose a trail and all that. And if they kind of go in that direction, that would be an interesting way of using it. You have to go to the old topographical maps and learn how to use yeah. – read those uh, – read those <laughs> I think what they call isobars. I think they're called isobars. I can't remember what they're called now. Anyway. <laughs> Good one. So, Andrew, so I guess what we've come up with is sort of, I don't know, what do we have, eight or so little tools that we're constantly using. And we're just going to go rapid fire with you guys. So we're going to shout out the name of the tool, what it is, and then each of us are going to share a tip that we, how we use it in our business that we think is really groovy and you will like it as well. So let's start with number one. Okay. And that is <laughs> MailChimp. MailChimp. All right. <laughs> You, you better, uh, you better um, come up with a good one. You may have to come up with two, one for me as well. <laughs> okay, sure. So MailChimp. So what, what is that? So that is an email marketing program that is free to sign up. And we always recommend for people that we're working with, you start there with MailChimp for your email tool before you upgrade to bigger systems. Okay, so here's how I like to use MailChimp. 
Inside MailChimp, there is uh, when you're creating a web form to put on your website to collect leads, you create what's called a list. And inside that list, there's settings. And that's where you go to create your form. Now, most people don't do this, nor do they, I think they even know to do it. But when you're creating your form in the list settings area, there's about four different things you can do. There's um, initially there's the email that you send out that says, hey, thanks for signing up. Please click the button below to subscribe to my list, which is known as a double opt-in. But there's also a couple of thank you pages. So there's um, a page you send people once they click on the on the, the email. And then there's also sort of like a final thank you page as well. You can customize each of these. So you do not have to use the MailChimp ugly default look. You can do your own headers, your own messaging, and most importantly, your own final thank you page URL. You stick a URL in. So when people actually finally subscribe to your list, they're taken to a page on your website rather than some dodgy MailChimp blog land message that they've created. So please take that moment, guys, to go in there and customize out your form when you're creating that whole opt-in experience in MailChimp. Yeah, awesome, awesome. I think what I like about MailChimp, um, I don't think a lot of these other ones do that, but they make it pretty easy for you to insert a like a read more link as well. So if you've got an email that you want to send out and you, you, wanna, you don't want to create a separate small email and send people to a link, you actually want to have them get excited about the first full juicy paragraph that you've got. And then once they're excited about that and they want to read more, you can insert a read more link inside the, uh, inside the email so that it takes you to, um, takes you to a web page where the rest of your email can be, um, read. So they make that, they make it easy for you to do that. I mean, you can do that normally with a normal link, but they make a nice little button for it as well. So I like doing that if you've got a lot of information on your emails. That's smart. Get people over to your website. That's the whole outcome of yep. doing emails because you want traffic on your website. So that's yep. good. Yes. Okay. Number two, Office Autopilot now being rebranded to Entreport, which is also an email marketing platform, but so much more. It's a full CRM uh, database tool that we use. And we often say to people, once you're monetizing your business online, move from MailChimp to Entreport, um, which, by the way, guys, is like another version of Infusionsoft, really. So Entreport. All right. So what is a good tip with that? So my tip that I love and we've been doing recently in our emails is that what happens when somebody is on a list when you use an email marketing system is by by law to comply with anti-spam laws, you have to have an unsubscribe link. And all these email marketing systems automatically do that for you at the bottom of your email, whether you like it or not, you can't control it. But what you can control in Entreport is adding in additional links above that that says, for example, are you tired of getting our weekly newsletter? If so, go ahead and click here and we'll stop sending it to you. Or do you want specific emails about this specific topic we're sending you? For example, you can click here to get those as well. What it allows you to do is put these, you can put these little, um, I guess, sentences in the bottom of your email and create a link. And then in Entreport, you can create what's known as a rule, an active response rule, which simply says, if somebody clicks on this link in this email, remove them from your newsletter list or add them to this other list. So what you're doing there is is taking away that sort of thing when somebody's annoyed at your emails or getting all your emails, instead of having them default to the unsubscribe button, you can control your messaging better using something like that. Uh, yeah, it's pretty powerful. 
I like that. Very, very I powerful. Like, I like that. Um, so my my tip for Entreport is that um, we've done this a few times now, and it's the ability to segment your list to as many. I mean, it's pretty much as much as you can think. Uh, a lot of these freer or the cheaper versions like Mailchimp don't let you segment lists as much as uh, as much as what OAP does or Entreport does. So, you know, for instance, we did a uh, we emailed out to our list a couple of questions and whatever whatever answer they did. Now, I'll give you an example. Let's say it was something like, uh, what sort of social media platform do you prefer the most? And they had a choice of clicking on a Facebook link, a, a LinkedIn link, Twitter, LinkedIn, link, and so on. And whatever link they clicked on, it took them to a page about that particular topic. But more importantly, what what uh, Entreport did was that it put them into a list of people that liked Facebook predominantly over any other social platform. And that way, we could market to them further. So our emails were then written around knowing that they like Facebook more than the other social sites. So it really gives you a powerful way to segment. Now, why would you want to do that? Well, here's the thing. If you're emailing people and you're getting an open rate of, say, 15, 10 or 15%, well, it means that either they don't like what you're talking about or it's not relevant to them. So you want to start writing emails that are relevant to them. So if you start writing Facebook emails to the Facebook group, they're going to say, hey, I want to see this because I'm interested in this. How do they know about that? How do they know I like this stuff? Well, basically, you told us. And then your open rates start raising pretty quickly. Brilliant, brilliant tips. So for those of you using a platform like Entreport or Infusionsoft and you're not yet doing these types of rules in your emails, you want to find out how to do that. And and oftentimes the these platforms will have tutorial libraries to teach you or you can find somebody um, on Odesk that's familiar with setting this up. You want to take full advantage of those rules because they're very cool. They really allow you to control the conversation you're having with your list. Yes. Okay, next up, we have a tool called Feedly. And Feedly is basically a place where you get to paste URLs of all the websites that you like or blog sites that you like or want to stay on top of. And it sucks in all the most recent articles from these sites into one place that essentially looks like your own online magazine. So Feedly is a great tool. So Andrew, what do you have for a tip with that? Well, um, Feedly, I don't... Feedly is, is an awesome tool. I started using it once... Google Reader disappeared off the shelves. And I don't actually use it as such. I don't use it to read stuff. I use it as a collection point. And then what I do is I connect it to a, uh, another app on my iPad called Mr. Reader. And Mr. Reader lets me um, suck all the information from my Feedly's into Mr. Reader. And then I can quickly read it uh, and read the information from there um i could and i do have a feedly app on my ipad which i could read i just prefer the layout of mr reader for reading reading my stuff I, that's just that's just my preference so um it's synced to mr my mr reader synced to feedly and i read my feedly reads through mr reader pretty straightforward but i just like that style of reading it's a good tip, though, because that what that's saying to you, you can use it as a bottom-end platform, which I do too, yeah. um, to kind of a collection of the, the different feeds that you're staying on top of. And then you can, from there, go into something else. So what I do is I use, and you told me, <laughs> excuse me, you told me to do this a while back, there's another app called Pocket. 
And it allows you to basically, it hooks up into your Feedly account. So this little icon pops up and you can choose, you can scan through all the different articles and then you can say, I want to pocket that one for later. So then you click that little icon and then it's it pulls that article into your pocket app. So for me, how I use it is I'll have all these articles in Feedly, I'll have a quick scan. And then for those that I want to talk about, write articles or content about, I'll pocket them. And then I just know that I look in my pocket app later to decide what I want to do with that content that I found. Yeah, you know, it's it's sort of like uh, Feedly is the catch-all. It like you go and put your different reads from all these blog posts into Feedly. So it's all mm-hmm. it's like it's almost like a funnel. Everything goes into Feedly. You shake it through to Mr. Reader and you quickly look through Mr. Reader to see what catches your attention and what doesn't out of all of those blogs. And the ones that do, you don't want to sit there and read it because you don't have time at that point. Because you may, you may look, I, I use this, I might use it for three three or four minutes if I'm sitting waiting for something or I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, waiting for my kids to pick up my kids from basketball or whatever. I'll uh, quickly flick through it and I'll put send the things that I do want to read for later and maybe a Sunday morning when I'm sitting around having a lazy Sunday morning when I catch up on the news. Um, I go to my pocket and I read my pocket because it's articles that I know exactly that I want to read every single one of them rather than spend my time flicking through and finding out what's good and what's bad. It is great. And if you guys have never used RSS feeds or used these types of tools going forward, they're going to be really valuable to you to stay on top of what's happening in your industry and not get overwhelmed because you only choose the content you want to engage with and it all comes to you in the one place. And then these other little tips we've just shared are other ways of further engaging and going deeper into those content to um, work out how you want to you know, use it in your business, perhaps. Yes. Okay, so the next one is YouTube, otherwise known as the second largest search engine in the world and the place where people go to learn things via video. I mean, I know that one of the biggest search terms for YouTube is how to and then fill in the blanks. So people Uh are looking to learn stuff. Uh So YouTube tips, do you have a good little insider tip for that? Um, You know what, it's not so much a tip, but uh, it's just the way things have evolved so fast is that now – you can go and edit your videos on YouTube. It has an it has a built-in editor, so you can cut pieces off. You can cut the front or the backs off if you want to do that. Um, this day and age, we've all got phones that have awesome cameras. We have videos that we can create instantly. We can upload them while we're walking down the street into a YouTube um, platform. You can edit them inside YouTube and have them publicly ready for um, viewing within minutes. And you don't need any money at all. You don't need to spend any money on, uh, you know, do this three or four years ago and you were paying a lot of money for uh, movie maker files or movie um, creation studio stuff. You're paying expensive money for cameras. It is so much at your fingertips. If you're looking to build your own media empire, which we seriously suggest that you'd start doing, <laughs> then um, this is why it's so cool is because it's so in reach with everybody now. It, the level playing field is so even that it's, uh, it's, it's criminal not to take advantage of it. And I've used it before as well. I mean, you go into Video Manager and you click on the video you want to edit and then it lets you like – I, I think there's advanced settings or edit settings. I can't remember the name, but inside the video editor, like you said, yeah, you can add music, you can add in little intros or outros for your for your video. It's pretty cool. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, now, the one thing I like to do as a tip is on your videos in the video editor, so you actually can edit your videos, then you have a description area. So you have a title, which you name your video, but then you also have a description area. I recommend that at, right at the very first sentence of your description box, you put in a call to action to your partner 
party starter, the place, you know, where you have your opt-in, your freebie that you're giving away. So for example, get get my free something something ebook here and then you put the URL into that landing page or the area on your website where they can get that from you. Then you continue on with your description. And the reason why is because you'll notice on when you're on YouTube and you're watching a video, the description underneath the video is really only a couple lines and then you have to click on the little see more button. So you want to get your most important call to action right up at the top. Very good. It's been around. That that tip has been around a long time, but I still see people have no idea about it. You really exactly. want to make sure you're doing that all the time. Very important. Okay, next up, WordPress, The basically the website platform that we use and all the websites that we design and create for people and in our business, all of our websites. So WordPress is basically free and you can install it on any domain of your choice if you have a good, decent, modern hosting company, and then you can create your website from there. So WordPress tip. Okay, so here's an insider tip for me that I want to share. So in WordPress, you have these things called plugins, which are essentially little pieces of software that run side by side with your website to make it do cool things like social sharing icons, um, all sorts of things. The one that I like, there's a plugin called WordPress SEO by Yoast. And what it allows you to do once you install it, it has this area in the the, the, lev- the settings of the plugin itself called social. You go into the social media area and you just check the boxes next to Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. You just have to little enable these little um, boxes. And then you hit save. And what that does is it then displays underneath all of your pages and posts in the little SEO area, there's a little tab that says social. And you can click on that. And then you can tell Facebook and Google Plus exactly what little snippet of text to use and what image to use when people are sharing your page or your post, which is so incredibly powerful because up until now or recently, if people were to share a page on your your website that they like, then Facebook's just going to randomly choose a photo on that page and perhaps some random texts, which aren't always the most appealing. So in this case, you can actually control what's being shared. Yeah, very cool. Awesome. Now, I'm, I am certainly not the WordPress expert on this call. I can tell you <laughs> now, <laughs> right now, you are the WordPress queen. So any tip I give is going to be significantly inferior to what yours is. But here's what I, this is what I like, um, and I know this is a plugin. I think this is a plugin that you've got to get. But I've been doing a lot of um, sites for our online master plan series page. And a lot of the pages are the same. We're doing a membership site and Mm. I'm creating a lot of similar pages. And I think it might be WP clone or there may be another plugin. You you could probably tell me what the actual name of it is, but it lets me clone or duplicate a page so that I don't have to go and reinvent it every time. Now that's that's not a standard feature of WordPress, is it? No, um, I think only some, maybe some themes have it built in, but I don't see it very often. Yeah, so um, when I do see it, I get excited because um, if I'm creating a page, and let's say that I'm creating a page, a module, and, and the module has you know six videos in the module, I want to create six pages that all look very similar, and I just want to swap out the video. So this clone feature lets me just clone it and all I'm doing is not having to go and reinvent the wheel every time. And you know, we've, got a, we've got a fairly significantly large uh, site that we've been creating. And if I had to go and create that from scratch every time, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have done it. I love that you brought that up, actually. I know um, themes like Optimize Press 
have that built in, but for the most part, they don't. And up, you know, up until you develop that tool, what happens is you think, okay, I want to have a page that's just like that. And then what people are doing is copying and pasting and creating new. But what you're saying, which I love is in, in the pages area or posts of your WordPress site, there's that little little word that says clone and you can click on it and then it just copies the entire page across for you and you just have to change the title. It is it is a great little tool. It does everything. But you know what I think it also does and what, what mm-hmm. the old the old way of copying and pasting, the old way of copying and pasting was good um, by because you copy the HTML and you stick it in there. But the, the external elements, like if you've got all these other plugins for that page, like your SEO and all that sort of yeah. stuff, it, wasn't, it wouldn't copy it across and you still have to go and do that manually. But with a clone tool, it does pick everything from that page and duplicate mm, it. Very good point. Something that you guys could use for blog series or if you have a membership site, you can, um, which is oftentimes where you use something like that, you can keep mm. duplicating the page and just updating the, you know, the video URL for your membership module, something like that. Correct. All right. Facebook is the next one. What's your Facebook tip? Uh, Facebook, uh, <laughs> there's lots of changes going on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to my, um, my big one, which is the, the graph search. The amount yeah. of information that you can find in that search bar is phenomenal. Now, most people will type in a word or a person's name or a business, but try thinking about a little bit outside the box. Go and try doing this. Um, instead of typing in a business, let's just pick Nike, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of typing in Nike, go and put in things like um, people who like Nike. And you're going to get a list of all the people that actually like Nike, not just the Nike Nike page. Go and put in things like um, people – or sorry, magazines of people who – no, sorry, people who like – What's the words I'm trying to think of? Favorite of interests of people who like Nike. Do that. Interests of people who like Nike. And you're going to get a bunch of results of all these different interests of people who like that particular topic. Now, don't just put Nike. Put your own business in there. You can start seeing some amazing insights into what you've, uh, what your, what your own uh, network actually like. Go and look at magazines of people who like favorite magazines of people who like your business, and you're going to see what are the popular magazines that all of your readers are reading. It's a tip for some future information about Facebook ads, but there you go. Try and do that. You'll be blown away with what you can I think- see. That, that search bar at the top, using it in the way that you say to, so many people don't know about. Uh-huh. The When you are listening to this podcast, the very next thing that you guys should be doing is getting onto your computer or your mobile device right now and then going to Facebook and then typing in interests of people that like your business or a brand that you like. You'll be amazed at what comes up. It's such a cool way of doing market research. Um, Andrew, I have to make a quick comment on that because I noticed that you used the word Nike, which says to me you have become Americanized. (laughs) (laughs) Because in Australia, it's Nike. What a rubbish Nike. Nike. (laughs) Cockaball, cockaball. <laughs> I had to bring it up because I, like, wow, that's interesting. I haven't heard, I haven't heard Nike in a while. Let's just Nike, say because I'm, I'm Nike. surrounded by boys. Don't say Nike in Australia. Nike. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I want people I'm to leave. Big. If you're listening to this, you leave comments and tell me if it's Nike or Nike. Yeah, please do that. We're good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So next, <laughs> next up, we have uh, my my tip for Facebook, which. It's great. So here's the thing. If you have a Facebook business page, then all you need to do 
is click on insights up at the top, which is where your analytics are. And the very first tab there says overview. Scroll all the way down to the bottom of the overview page. And there's this area called pages to watch. You can add pages that are your competitors or people that you're, you look up to or you just want to keep an eye on. Add them in there. And what it's going to show is a comparison of their engagement and their likes based on yours. Then what else is even more exciting is once you're inside your insights, you can go on over to posts. So these are the little this is the top level menu. And once you're inside posts, a new menu opens and there's an option there to click on top posts from pages you watch. Now, this is where the magic really happens. So you can actually spy or check out your competitors or people in your space and see which of their posts are getting the highest engagement. So it'll give you great ideas on what you can also post on your page. Mm, yep. I like that. I like that feature too. I've actually been looking at that lately. So very, very cool. There's a lot of cool That's, information from Facebook these days. Yeah. That's uh, fascinating how much information people are giving us to look at. So yeah. No. Well, I think we have time for probably one more and then we, uh, then we might have to revisit this series again down the track. Oh, so, I think so. So let's do, what do you want to do? Twitter or LinkedIn? Do you have uh, a preference? Let's go Twitter. Okay, so Twitter it is. So we all know about Twitter as another top social media platform. Uh, and what is your tip for Twitter? Uh, Twitter's ads, Twitter's ad, Twitter's ads platform. Even if you don't run an ad, it still gives you some amazing insights into what you've been doing on Twitter. Which which tweets have been working the most? Which ones get the most engagement? Um, it's well worth having a look at. Uh, and a play around the Twitter ads platform. It's it doesn't cost anything to join it. It's already on your Twitter account. Just look for the uh, the cog. I think it's on the right hand side up the top. Look under settings, and you'll see Twitter ads. Click on Twitter ads, and just go and start looking at what's been happening in your Twitter world. It's quite interesting to see. Uh, you may even start changing the way you do some tweets. Mm, good little ads. tip. Yep. How about yours? Cool. What's yours? Mine is just simply you have a cover photo in there, just like a Facebook page, right up at the top of your Twitter profile page. And you should definitely be utilizing that to the full capacity that you can. So pop in some words about your business, testimonials, call to action, um, credibility points. If you have awards or seen on the media, put those logos in there as well. So it's a great place for you to really dress up the look and feel of your page. Don't just leave the default of what comes and don't just pop in a photo of yourself. Make it more than, than just that. That's a great idea. Te um, testimonials or credibility statements from uh, as seen on oh, yeah. sort of thing. That's a, that's a brilliant Absolutely. idea. Absolutely. Like if you have a podcasts like us or, you know, any other online areas where you're getting reviews, you could pop in uh, very easily, you know, some of the snapshots or screenshots of some of those reviews or mm. five star, you know, featured in these amount of countries, things like that. Think about what impresses you when you go to a page because on social media, generally you get followed by somebody or somebody does a comment. And then if you like what they say, you naturally want to go over and check them out. So you'll go over to their profile page. And if you see, you know, a page with lots of credibility and, um, you know, as featured in and this and that, you'll kind of think twice, think, oh, maybe they're good to add into my network as well. So mm. just use that to your advantage. You have that space. You can use it wisely. Brilliant. That is, All a, right. that is a wrap, I think. That's uh, about seven tools we've got there. Um, if you right. don't find something valuable out of that, then you are a genius. <laughs> and we want to know you. <laughs> yes, come on, come on. What are you here? What are you listening to us for? Um, all right. Well, how, how can people find out more and, and get a list of these tools? 
We would love to have you come on over to autopilotyourbusiness.com forward slash podcasts. And you can see this episode number 79 in there. And we'll have show notes and some links for you to click on for all these cool little tools and things that we've talked about in this episode. Plus, guys, we would love you to come on over to iTunes and drop us a little review so we can see what you think about our show. It's always great to get feedback because here you are listening to us right now, but we don't even know who you are or where you're from. So come on by and let us know. Do it, do it, do it, as they say at <laughs> Nike or Nike or whatever they call Nike. it. <laughs> exactly. All right, everybody. All right. Thanks Thanks See again you. for tuning in. See you later. All passengers and cabin crew should now be seated with their seatbelts securely fastened. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first officer speaking. On behalf of your captains, Andrew McCauley and Heather Porter, we would like to thank you for taking the journey with us to autopilot your business. You are now closer to putting your own business on autopilot using the internet. Of course, if you would like to rack up some frequent flyer points, visit our website, www.autopilotyourbusiness.com or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash autopilotyourbusiness. These frequent flyer points are totally useless, but the information is gold. Until we fly again, happy travels.